Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Our golf games are a little bit better, so we'll see. We'll see. I do think you do have a partner that would probably have liked to go for it a little more often than he has in the past. So Bryce, I'm glad you're encouraging him to, to kind of go for it when it's on the line. So rather than, <laughs> you know, just knock into the fairway or something like that and try to try to play for the next shot. Yeah, I, I'll never I'll never push anyone to do anything so he can choose whatever he wants to do. I, well, I usually don't get the option. In my that, that's what <laughs> in I mean. You fi- you'll finally have the option here. <laughs> Tom Brady having a little fun with Aaron Rodgers, and that was Bryson DeChambeau and Phil Mickelson. They're playing golf on July the 6th. Brady has been poking at that yeah, fair to go for it on fourth down. The delivery wasn't awesome yesterday. Anytime you have to say it twice for the joke to land, you probably didn't make it land the first time, but Aaron was great with his comment about it. He's said his piece in the past. Everybody Definitely. knows that. He would just as soon have gone for it. He doesn't know why they didn't go for it. I don't know why they didn't go for it. Tom Brady doesn't know why they didn't go for it. But uh, maybe they'll get a chance to get together again this year. And and the Packers will go this time time on fourth down. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Good to see you. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see that nonetheless. I do love seeing Brady in that, like, way where he's joking around and doing stuff like that. Yeah, it wasn't his best delivery. I got a question for you, though. Yeah, yeah. Are you conflicted when your favorite player of all time is on one side of the screen (laughs) and a guy of whom you're so jealous is right next to him. I know. I'm very jealous. It's hard. It's really tough. I know. Isn't it funny? That's what everybody thinks I am. I'm just, that's what they boiled it down to. That is the laziest 15-year-old reaction to any criticism. You're just jealous. Get out of here with that crap. Uh, yeah, I know. To, I, to borrow your phrase. Thank you. Thank you very much. Why do you use it? Uh, it it's properly properly used there. But <laughs> it, it is cool that, that Brady does do that. And I think what's good about it, too, is he knows it's not like 
a personal thing, right? So you, you, there's, there, it's a good way to do it. He knows that wasn't Rogers' decision. That was the Packers. It was Matt Lafleur. He's ultimately the guy there that made that decision. So it's good to poke fun at it. He won the Super Bowl, and I, I, I am going to tune in to watch this. I mean, I watched it last year, and I think this might even be a little more spicier to me with Rogers and and uh, the DeChambeau kind of combination there. And we have to give credit for the joke where credit is due. Whoever Brady pays to do <laughs> social, social media. media came up <laughs> yeah. with it. Right. Brady right. just co-opted it. Like, they're his writers. Right. And he sees what works, and maybe he'll try some of it out when <laughs> it's an opportunity for him to, to do a video conference like he did yesterday to promote the match coming up on yeah. July 6th. Sweet. So, uh, but, so, okay, I was going to say, go like, ahead. All right, I mean, let's get to the other elephant in the room there. Um, yes. Why was he wearing a T-shirt that said, I'm offended? What was that for? What do you I, think? Like, in your heart of hearts, you know, in your heart of hearts, why do you think Aaron Rodgers is wearing a T-shirt that says, I'm offended? Well, you know, it's funny because when I first saw the video, yeah. I didn't realize it was a, a mad emoji under it. I thought it was Tweety Bird. Are you familiar with Tweety Bird? I, I do, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. old enough to remember that, yes. <laughs> and, and I became very curious about whether anything was written under I'm offended because it, it it just the way I look at that the way it's it's structured I feel like there's something written under the the mean mug emoji but, I, I'm just curious yeah. what else is on the shirt I know well maybe it says I'm offended Mark Murphy maybe that's what it says on the bottom <laughs> maybe or that's I'm what offended, we can't say I'm offended and complicated right wouldn't yeah. that be awesome that would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> but the way that guy works and not that we like really know him personally or anything it's like it it just seems like he wore that intentionally he's smart it's like everything you've ever said you know he's calculated he's snarky he's got all the traits and uh, I don't know. I just found that kind of amusing that he wore that. I mean, you could, I, you could take it. I, I want to take it a step farther, though. Yeah, right. did, did he, like, stay up late one night over the weekend <laughs> ordering it on Etsy right. or eBay or somewhere right. so he'd have it in time for this event on Tuesday? I, I don't doubt that either. I don't. I think I think he is, you know, he's got a FedEx account. He can get next day shipment and get that done. So I don't doubt that either. I think that was uh, nice – and intentionally planned and like a good little just a good little shot there that's kind of like you know might not go noticed by a lot of people I just love to think that these guys are like the rest of us when it comes to things like that like checking his phone refreshing the update with the tracking number to see if it was released for shipment and sent to the facility and what time do I think it's going to show up and peeking through the curtains to see if the white truck's coming up the hill I wonder if he was like, hey, I got to get that shirt. Oh, I got to get that shirt. <laughs> Need it's that message. Get here by 10 o'clock. I got to get that shirt. I, I, I just, I, 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 I'm sure at some level they are normal. I don't know at what level they're normal, but at some level they're normal. Yeah, no, they are normal. And I think they're all a little bit more petty than we all think we think they are. Listen, I, I worked for, I lived with a, a, a really good quarterback, maybe not of the level of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I could tell you, yeah, he's just like the, a lot of the other people on this planet. He is. There's no doubt about it. So, yes, and uh, you know, I don't know. It'd be tough for you. What do you do when you got a, like a FedEx delivery and you're looking for it. You got to walk all the way down your mountain to get down there to look for the they, car. We then, have a road. Oh, we have a road. Well, I didn't know. I thought you had a gate at the bottom. They weren't allowed up until you see. Or do you just watch them on your camera, and that's how you know they go. Oh, I, I'm with Chateau Florio. Let me get see. Turn the camera on to see him coming up. 
you don't need a gate at the bottom when you got a shotgun at the top, first of all. <laughs> second, <laughs> second, they just, they just drive right up. Okay. They drive right up. <laughs> all right. And, and, sure. and I have a dog. Oh. That dog hears the truck five miles away. Yeah, right. So I bet. I bet. <laughs> as soon as the final approach up the hill is made, the dog starts barking and barking and and so we know that 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 there's a delivery bay. But we, yeah, we have cameras and other security devices. And yeah, I know a shotgun. I like that. I want to put that on my driveway, like on a plaque right there. You know, gate at the bottom, shotgun at the top. Come in, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they probably think you do have a shotgun with the chickens and the yeah. They probably and the, do. You're and right. the dogs and the whatever other Everything animals you got, got running around yeah, there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers also was asked a question that was very sarcastic in tone and content, but he gave a straight answer to it. It was really strange. Let's, let's listen to the question from the host whose name escapes me. Uh, his initials are B.A. I know that because Rogers repeats them. But uh, the question and then the answer from Rogers as it relates to this eventful offseason that he's been experiencing. You've really kept a low profile this offseason. I've hardly seen your name at all. You haven't hosted any TV shows or been in and involved in any kind of controversy or anything. It's been a nice, peaceful off-season for you, it sounds like, KR. It's been, yeah, it's, thank you, B.A. It's been one of those quiet off-seasons you just dream about where you can just kind of go through your process uh, on your own quietly. And, um, you know, that's all you can ask for as an older player in the league and someone who's been around for a long time and just enjoys that time to yourself to just relax, to not be bothered, to not have any obligations or anything going on. And, you know, I think that's what this offseason has been about. It's been about really enjoying my time and spending it where I want to spend it and not feeling like I have to go anywhere, not having any responsibilities, but still being an NFL player. At the same time, it's been great. B.A. was Brian Anderson. Brian Anderson, that's right. Yeah. Brian Anderson. And, and it was just so odd that he was trying to set him up with that sarcasm, and there was this very – Matter of fact, unironic response from Rogers saying, "Hey, yeah, oh, and oh, I just wanted an offseason without obligations. Like that's all it is. All this stuff that's gone on since the the fuse was lit right after the loss to the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game, and the bomb exploded on the first day of the draft. There's nothing to it at all. I just wanted to have an offseason with no obligations. Well, we did have one obligation last week. I would yeah. consider a mandatory minicamp an obligation. Right. So the, the the whole answer was weird to me, and it makes me think he really is setting up a return, and and then he'll act like, what's the big deal? What's everybody looking at? I don't get it. What what's what's wrong? I'm I'm here to play football. I, I had a quiet offseason. I had no obligations, and now I'm here, and now I'm back, and I'm an NFL player again. He mentioned that about being an NFL player. He didn't say he's going to play for the Packers. Right. But I think he's I think he's preserving that ability to just show up at the first day of training camp and act like everything was fine. I, I, I don't doubt that. I think that's going to be his move ultimately. You know, Not that like everything's fine, but, yeah, I don't think he's going to like address this and just – open up the vault and just let us all know his heart and everything that went on this offseason. I don't know. He's probably going to play coy, like continue to act like, yeah, it wasn't quite as big a deal as it was and all of those type of things. 
Uh, there's no doubt. Listen, I don't know. I mean, you, you look at that right there with that clip and everything he said there. You know, he's trying not to hijack the tournament, I think, to a degree and not make it all about him and his offseason and all that and make headlines there. So I do understand that to a degree. But, like, I, you know, I've seen this clip now three times. And, like, there's one thing I notice every time. When he gets asked the question, he's kind of grinning. Brady's laughing. It's almost Brady like... Brady loves it. Love it. Brady it's like they loves were, it. It's like B.A. told him, and Brian Anderson's a great dude, like, hey, I'm going to ask you this question. And, I, like, they almost joked about it before they did this. And, like, you know, that's where... And, you know, even the way Rogers answers it, he goes, yeah, yeah, thanks, B.A. I appreciate that. Like, I felt like that was kind of sarcastic where he was like, yeah, thanks for that question. We all know the obvious answer. Yeah, thanks but, for bringing that up. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I do... I felt like uh, there, was, there was something there... And yeah, he intentionally avoided, you know, the meat and potatoes part of that conversation, whether it's the sake of he just doesn't want to deal with it or maybe he just wants to keep this to the match and and not take away from that. And and I guess Brian Anderson had to ask the question. Yeah, How right. Can you not ask the question. Right. But I, I just I, the, the answer sets up what we ultimately could get. If he can't find a way out of this maze that allows him to get whatever it is that he wants, and we still don't know what he wants because, number one, he won't tell us, and number two, the people to whom he's told what he wants, like James Jones, will tell us anything and everything but what Aaron Rodgers wants. The beautiful mystery continues, concocted in large part by Aaron Rodgers. And I guarantee you, Chris, he, he, he is giving us a prime example of a dynamic that I've pointed to in the past. Everybody look at me. What the hell are you looking at? He wants everybody to talk about him, and he wants to reserve the right to be pissed off that people are spending all this time talking about him. I think he loves it. And, and whether he loves it or not, I just think that he can't avoid creating this situation. It, it's, just, it's, just, it's just happened. And, and there's an element of normal human being in that as well, that you know, not all of us have the opportunity to to be in that situation where we can create so much attention and then resent the attention we've created. But I feel like that's what he's doing. Not to psychoanalyze him, well, but I really feel like there's an element of that to this. I, I, I do too. I, I don't, I don't, you know, deny that. And you know, I love Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah, he's my favorite and everything like that. But no, I, I think you're real with that, like read on him a little bit as a person, you know, not, you know, again, not that I know him that well. I mean, I've only, I walked down the fairway with him twice in my life. Okay. Uh, during when I was out in Lake Tahoe, it's the only time I've really ever talked to Aaron Rodgers. So that's where, you know, yeah, I agree with you from all these years of watching him and doing uh, and interviews and things like that. But at the same time, you know, it, it is a tough situation. Um, yes, he did create a, a situation here, but he didn't really create it. He's created the current situation of why we're talking about it because it was it was the result of another situation created by Green Bay. So yeah, he had to let like some of his thoughts be known as far as maybe wanting to be traded, like we've heard, and all of those type of things to get out of a situation that he's not happy with. You know, so now yeah, he's never gonna give us like the press conference real answers that we want. We're never going to know, you know, his tactical reasons behind some of these things. No, he's not. And he's going to give us bland answers, like you're saying, that's going to make it sound like we were a little too crazy to read into that. You know, that is that is the way I think he'll play it. But I can't fault him for it either. Uh, maybe he can approach it a little differently during training camp. But, but I don't fault him for this situation he's in. And it's a tough situation to handle for sure. 
Matt, Matt Casey just mentioned something that we have to look forward to. Yeah. I don't know, within the next five or ten years, the Aaron Rodgers memoirs. The Yeah, the right. Rodgers spin on everything that's happened. Who will write it with him? He'll probably write it himself. He's smart enough to do it. The content will be very interesting, and uh, maybe I'll get an advanced copy so I can say to all of you, don't waste your time reading that crap. <laughs> that would be the ultimate turnabout. You know, he's made it clear, though, when he's done playing football, he's not going to be involved in broadcasting football. Yeah, I don't know what right. he's going to do, and we know about the Jeopardy stuff, and the executive producer of Jeopardy thinks that he can have an even better post-football career than he had as a football career, which is a pretty high bar, but... He said multiple times that he just he doesn't want to be involved in broadcasting football, which, you know, if Tony Romo's getting a million bucks a game, yeah. I'd like to think Aaron Rodgers could walk right through the door and get a million bucks a game. Yeah, I mean, that'll that'll always be there, right? I mean, for guys like him, I mean, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the second they say they want to do that, networks are going to go, what? Okay, yep, well, let me see if we can figure out, you know, something to, to get you on here. I mean, yeah, but he does not seem that to, to be that type of guy. You're right. He's got other interests. I mean, you know, he's he travels around the world. He certainly seems to be, you know, a little bit more diverse maybe than your your typical quarterback as far as that stuff is concerned. And yeah, I, I could see him totally stepping away. He's just not I don't know. I just don't see him being the type of guy that's gonna dissect things for people on TV and wanna be a part of all of that stuff. He's gone all in on football for a long time and when it's over for playing, he's he's done. Well, one thing he hasn't been doing during this quiet offseason is eating excessive amounts of food. He still looks skinny. Yeah, better. Look up that picture again. What, when, when do you have to get the suit of, of armor, right. the flesh armor on your midsection so you're able to withstand the pounding that you're going to take as a 37-year-old quarterback in the NFL? I would think that's got to start here like pretty soon. You know, as far as, yeah, you know, putting putting that armor on like you're talking about, you know, again, getting getting in the weight room, working out, building that structure, not only for like the armor you're talking about. But again, this is a guy that does still depend on his movement and being explosive and trying to, you know, get out of the pocket from time to time and make those throws. So, yeah, it's definitely something I'll be watching because he's been skinny in every video we've shown. And you know me, I'm always about the legs and the butt and those type of things. To me, that was a huge difference of what I saw from Rodgers in 2020 to 2019. And I think you've heard me say that in 2019. I thought, ooh, maybe he's lost a little bit of a step. And if you go back and look at him at that time, he got into like he wanted to be the Brady yoga. I'm going to try to do all that stuff. His pants didn't even fit him. Like, it really didn't. They barely went over his ass, if you really watch it. Last year, it looked different. It did, and his play was different. So, you know, as a fan of him, I'm going, okay, let's go. Let's get in the weight room. Here we go. Uh, because it, he's not Tom Brady. Explosive movements are more a part of his game, and he can't just be doing yoga and eating avocado ice cream all the time. That's not the way he plays. Did you catch the comment that he made when he was messing around with Phil Mickelson talking about intimidating Phil with his calf muscles and he said that the muscle that he injured the leg that he injured yeah. doesn't look the same as the other one I mean I've pulled a calf muscle and it looks the same he must have had a pretty serious injury maybe it's from when Indominus Sue stomped on his leg but isn't that odd to think he's got one calf muscle that looks different than the other well it, it is odd yeah I mean you don't see that very often he's had a he's had a 
what I mean, how many times has he had problem with that calf muscle? I'm going to say it's been at least three times, right, in his career. So it could be at the point where, yeah, if you've stretched that connection point where that calf inserts there, that you can damage it enough to where it starts to look different. Like I, I've done that, you know, not that I'm Aaron Rodgers, but my bicep tendon. You know, like I kind of pulled that, I tore that. It never kind of looks the same. It's I got like a hole in my right bicep, so that does happen with those kind of injuries. Uh, yeah, a little odd, but yeah, he's a high-end athlete, and he can't just be like, "Hey, I'm just gonna sit here and throw and you know be skinny and and not explosive and do those type of things," or his game is gonna fall off in a big way. Meanwhile, a quarterback who is clearly a step or two below the likes of Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady and who has to every year contend with rumors that there's going to be some A-list quarterback who takes his spot. Derek Carr meeting with reporters yesterday during the ongoing offseason program in Las Vegas with the Raiders. Still weird to see that. Here's Derek Carr, uh, part of what he was asked about and what he had to say in response, and we will analyze it on the other side. This seem to be the offseason unhappy quarterbacks around the league, and um, whether Aaron, Deshaun, Russell, but you obviously haven't had the greatest situation around you. It would be fair to say, but we haven't ever heard a peep from you. What? Why? Why are you that way? As opposed, you know, no public complaints, nothing like that. But yeah, you know, Josh, that's a great question. Honestly, my goal, Josh, was when I got here to, you know, give everything I have to this organization. Um, let our fans know I'm, I'm giving it all that I have and I will always continue to do that on on season off season and uh, and whether the situation is great or not I, that's okay people can say whatever they want I know what I've put on film I know the things that I've been able to accomplish and I still want more there's still more and I want to do it here I don't want to do it anywhere else I've said it over and over again I I'd, I'd, I'd probably quit football if I had to play for somebody else you know I, I am a Raider for my entire life. I'm going to root for one team for the rest of my life, and uh, it's the Raiders. So um, I, I just feel that so strong in my heart. You know, I don't need a perfect situation. I'd rather go down with the ship, you know what I'm saying, if I have to. You know, I, that's just my personality. Uh, okay. Um, who hacked my account yesterday? Why well, complain when there's a block button? That was the... That was because he is very well known for blocking people on Twitter. Yes, I, I also I thought he was going to go into a full Hulk Hogan flex there at one point when he when he swept <laughs> his arms outward. Yeah, what's with the hoodie that's that's carved all the way up like coming like uh, whatever. You know, sun's up. out, guns out. You know, I mean, l- 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 let me let me just yeah. say this though, because yeah. I don't know if you heard the question very well. Right. I think I got the gist of it. Basically. In an offseason where we've heard complaints from guys like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, and he may have mentioned Deshaun Watson, why haven't you said it? Why, why, why is Derek Carr not complaining? Well, how about this? He hasn't earned the right to complain yet. That's the easy answer. These other guys are all here. He's here or here. He's not bad, but he's not one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. And he hasn't proven that he can – get to the top of the mountain, or even approach the top of the mountain. He's never won a playoff game. He's never played in a playoff game. He had a broken leg the year that the, the Raiders made it to the postseason, right. and it's not his fault that he broke his leg, but he hasn't, he hasn't even tasted the postseason experience in a career that dates back to 2014. So it would be the height of presumptuousness for him to complain about anything. He's done nothing 
to deserve the right to complain. That's the true answer in my assessment. Uh, uh, agreed. I, I think you're spot on. I guess that's why we're friends. I mean, we don't even talk about this stuff, but I mean, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about complaining. I mean, yes, you're, 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 if he complained to where he's at in this point of his career, the Raiders would be like, okay, you know, you're annoying. We need to get rid of you. Like we got to get rid of you. That's what they would do. He's not good enough to be annoying and be a complainer. Like Rodgers, Watson, and Russell Wilson, to your point, they could be so damn annoying and the most annoying guy on the team. And the head coach is still going to be like, yeah, but uh, he's awesome and we're not good without him. And he's going to make up 10 other reasons why he's not really that annoying and that we really need him on the football team because that's what an awesome quarterback does. You know, Derek Carr, he's certainly getting there. I mean, he's playing really good football, but you're right. That's a different stratosphere of player we're talking about right now, those three quarterbacks. And, yeah, he he finally has, you know, planted himself in a comfortable spot here after last year where this was the first offseason we didn't hear, oh, well, we evaluate every position and we're going to look at every quarterback on earth. No, and, he said it again. Well, he said it again. He, he might Mayock have, said least, it again. Yeah, he, you're, you're, I think you're right. Who said it? Mayock, did he say it? Mayock always says he it. He does, yes, yes. But – I feel like there was less Gruden of that this year and maybe not quite as much of a talking point about that to where, yeah, he's got nothing to say and he shouldn't say anything and he needs a few more years of what he did last year and then he can complain if he wants, but he's not there yet. He's getting to an interesting point in his career. Yeah. Remember, he signed a contract that he was one of the guys that, that was at the front end of that, and, and I keep thinking of the old hands up the baseball yeah. bat where the next guy gets more the next guy gets more just because he's the next guy right. oh the next guy's up he gets a little bit more Derek Carr at one point for a very limited slice of time was the highest paid player in NFL history he's now entering the final two years of that contract 19.5 million this year 19.7 million next year he has not complained about that and again What's there to complain about? What has, I don't know. Does he deserve more than that? I don't know. But Peter King and I did a draft a few weeks back of the quarterbacks who are most likely to be the next ones to make a power play. And Peter selected Derek Carr along the way. And I, I, uh, you know, he's getting close to a point where he can kind of squeeze the Raiders back. They've left little, him dangling yeah. the past few years. If he has a big season this year and gets to the playoffs and plays in a playoff game and wins a playoff game, and then he's entering the final year of his contract at $19.7 million, that could get very interesting for the Raiders because they may have to renew their vows with Carr at a time when they've been They've been looking for other options, yeah. and uh, it, it may be that they just keep staying with this guy, but if they, ha if they do a new contract with him, if it's structured the right way, the, 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 the option isn't going to be there for a couple of years to move on to someone else. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be a tough decision. It'll be a big year, I think, for Gruden and Derek Carr in that relationship. I think to, like, to your point where uh, I think this could dictate, you know, the next three to four years of what we see from the Raiders at the quarterback position. If Derek Carr, and you can win games with Derek Carr, and you can go to the playoffs, and he, he's capable of taking a team to the Super Bowl and doing that. And I know that's you know a big statement for a guy that hasn't played in a playoff game, but I, I've seen enough to think like he's not the issue. You put the right team around him, he can do it. And then last year, he played really damn good football. He really did. 
So he puts another year together like you're talking about, Mike, where he plays the way he did last year and the team is better. You know, yeah, he's got every right at $19 million. You know, say what you want. Derek Carr's underpaid at this point. You know, at this point, there's no doubt. You talked about it. He dances around the top 10-ish of quarterbacks after last year. Certainly the top half of football, in my opinion. So, you know, with that, yeah, there's justification after this year to say, you know, I'd like to have a little extension or something here. And, you know, he might have the Raiders by the proverbial, you know, big ones there, just in the fact of like, um, okay, what else are your options going forward? And Gruden, your offense and your mad scientist and all that, you've wired me perfectly. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm an extension to you. So he will have a little power in this situation if he plays well again this year. Let me ask you this, because it occurred to me while you were yeah. saying what you just said. Yeah. You've got a very high opinion of Derek Carr's skills. You said you can win a Super Bowl with him. And he really doesn't have a great supporting cast. Right. They've been swinging and missing on some of their first-round picks. The offensive line was gutted this year. You got Russell Wilson complaining about his offensive line. And, yeah, no, not a peep from Derek Carr. Yeah. They got rid of, like, four of the five starters and then brought back one or two of them. But if if – if Carr is as good as you say, yeah. and it's the supporting cast, not him, that is holding this team down, I kind of want him to make a power play. Yeah. I kind of want to yeah. see that. I want to see that, you know, that that quality that, as I've said before, we don't like to see it in a nine-year-old kid who has to win at everything, but we admire it in a grown man who has to win at everything, Right, win at everything, got to win at all costs. Have we ever gotten that vibe from Derek Carr that he has that that aspect of his personality that Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, all the great quarterbacks have? Like, he's kind of, you know, we're complaining on behalf of these other great quarterbacks because the team's attitude is to those players – you just work here. I feel like Carr gladly embraces, hey, I just work here. I, I I think so, too. He does. He gladly embraces it. You know, I think it's a positive thing. He's the ultimate team guy. I do. And I think he's shown the last two years a little fortitude and toughness to say that, yeah, you know, I think this, this damn guy, he is a stubborn SOB and going to do whatever he's got to do. You know, he's, he's said and done all the right things, whether we like it or not. Like, listen, he's a dork, right? He's a dork with how he comes off that way. But if you got to be around him a few times like I have, that's the way he is. It's not a bad way. I'm sure in the, he's liked in the locker room. You know, guys probably go, oh, that's Derek. You know, that's his one cheesy comment of the day. You know, he over-exaggerates his point to let you know, like, how in he is with the Raiders. I'm so in it, I'll never play for a team ever again. Like, I don't really buy that, but... He, he's not going to even let himself think anything else because I do think he has some of that focus, at least, of what you're talking about with some of the other great quarterbacks where he's just like, I'm the quarterback of the Raiders. I'm going to be awesome. Uh, Gruden said Spider 2, wide banana, and then check to 72. He's all in. So that where I will give him credit. And then the play is starting to match that. I mean, he didn't leave plays or points or yards on the field last year. We certainly could have watched those game and go – even the games they lost, we never went like, man, Derek Carr was the problem, right? At least not in my opinion. You know, he did what he had to do. He's not going to carry a team, but if you give him a little support, 
like we saw last year, he can still make enough happen and open your eyes and go, damn, this guy's good, efficient, accurate, and make some plays from time to time. One thing we've discussed in the past as it relates to Gruden, that desire he has to draw out a certain aspect of the personality. He wants the quarterback to be yeah. a badass. Yeah. He wants the quarterback to to basically act like Gruden does. Right. And and I feel like through three years of that cajoling, Carr has gotten a lot closer, closer to where Gruden wants him to be than where Carr was when the relationship began. I remember when the relationship began, someone that I know who is familiar with the dynamics and the personality said, this isn't going to work. Carr is going to crumble. To his credit, he hasn't crumbled. To his credit, he's responded and he's, he's followed Gruden where Gruden is leading him to become the badass that Gruden wants. Yeah, no, I, I think that was all the, that was, we all questioned that. I think, right. We were all a little bit like, man, can that really work together? Derek Carr, you know, Christian values, all those type of things. Then there's Gruden snarky swearing, saying things, all of that. Yeah. I questioned it. That was my biggest question was whether those personalities could coexist, but yeah, He's gone all in and he's changed himself, you know, in a big, big way to where, like, I always think about, you know, my, my dad's ex-coach, Bill Parcells, he used to say to my dad, and I'm going to butcher this to a degree here, you know, I don't want, I, I want a battleship commander, not a cruise ship coordinator or something like that. You know, when my gist is there. And I think we are seeing that with Derek Carr. I mean, there's a number of times last year where he looked over to the sidelines and he was swearing at John Gruden and he was saying things like, nope, you're wrong. I, I know what I'm doing and shut the hell up and doing all that. And Gruden might not like it at the time, but ultimately he is going to like the fact that Derek Carr's taking ownership. You know, he's got an answer for everything. That's the big thing. To me, that's when Gruden knows you know what you're doing. And that's where I finally got in a good place. It's like, hey, you know my offense. Now you're walking off the field. The play didn't go good. Are you going to give me the right answers to why it didn't go good right away and be all over it? And to me, when I see Derek Carr, I always see him talking, 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 and Gruden kind of like shaking his head like, yep, yep, you were right. Okay. And they walk away. So there, there's something there, and he's made a lot of progress. And, and let me take this to the logical conclusion. Yeah. If and when – Derek Carr becomes the full-blown badass that John Gruden wants him to be, and essentially the Frankenstein monster takes over the lab, that's when he starts to be as upset as a Russell Wilson and Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Right. You go into Mike Mayock and you say, what, what the hell is up with all these guys that you're, you're giving me to play with? I want some better players. I want some input. I want to be involved in this. He hasn't gotten to that point yet. No. Maybe that's where he gets after this year. I want a new contract, and I want to have a seat at the table as we try to fix this team because I'm not going anywhere. I'm a Raider for life. So if I'm ever going to do anything in this league, you got to get me some better Raiders around. Me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. He has another year like he did last year. And, you know, it's still like, man, only Darren Waller was the bright spot. You know, I know they got Josh Jacobs and he's awesome. I'm talking about the pass game options. But, you know, we've talked many times. Henry Ruggs was a little disappointing last year. There's no doubt about it. That wasn't great. You know, there is no Nelson Aguilar, and I don't think anybody was looking at him as like a superstar to begin with, right? So you got that. You know, Hunter Renfro, good football player. But like Derek Carr 
played amazing football. It's 27 touchdowns. It's nine interceptions. It's over 100 in a quarterback rating. It's over 4,000 yards. And at no point do I think anybody who evaluates football should go, the Raiders have top five or top 10 skill position guys. You know, so to that point, yeah, if they don't start playing better and he plays the way he's playing, then he's got real merit to be like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty damn good. I've done everything you've wanted. I lead these guys. And, you know, you haven't supported me the best to where he, he has every right to ask for more money and be a pain in the ass after the offseason. And I'll sit here and stick up for him. And it sounds like you will, too. By almost every metric, last year was his best season, right. although I'm looking at his stats here. I had forgotten. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. It's yeah. been a while. Well, Pro 2015, Bowls, 2016, yeah. 2017, I know, but there's certain guys out there who we think are good quarterbacks who have yeah. never been to a Pro Bowl. So it's been a while. 2017 was the last year. But uh, I, look, one other thing before we take a break. Right. He made the comment, I'll probably retire – I, I would probably quit football if I had to play anywhere yeah. else. That is a, a noticeable adjustment from the comment he made a year or two ago that I'm the quarterback of this team as long as I want to be. That that was an unrealistic expression of how life is in the NFL. No, you're the quarterback as long as they want you. The moment they no longer want you, you're gone. This one is more realistic, although when he throws in probably – it doesn't quite have the same <laughs> yeah, zing right. to it. I would, well, you know what? I I would quit. Well, I would probably quit. Probably quit. Yeah. If they, nah, nah. if you you you're gonna if you're gonna make that outlandish statement, you got to drop the probably and say I'm a Raider for life, and I would quit football if they ever got rid of me. But uh, yeah. you don't want to have to. You don't want to have to cash that check uh, one of these days because. And that's it. Okay, that's the other side of it too. Right. I, I wonder. I know we got to take a break, but I wonder. Yeah. What if he was just suddenly available next March? Yeah, free agent. Mm -hmm. Would there what, what what kind of interest do you think? I there mean, would be in a Derek Carr. I, I think I think there'd be more than uh, more than plenty. I think there'd be more. You know, it's not going to be top level interest. You know, it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. You know, we got to trade the farm for him. But that team that'd be looking for going, man, man, we need a starting quarterback and we need a good one, and we don't have to give up maybe three future first-round picks or four future, like, some, you know, it's something a little more realistic, he would be the next guy, I think, at the top of that market after those marquee names that we mentioned. So, like, you know, when you see an Andy Dalton and a Ryan Fitzpatrick getting $10 million contracts on a one-year deal, that's the, that's the floor for the veteran starter. Um, he deserves you know, way more than that. To 20 me, twenty to twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, I yes, I think you could justify twenty-five to thirty right now with some of the guys that are in that price range. I'd go, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Think about what you want, but that's the current price for, you know, good quarterback play. He's a good quarterback. He is. He hasn't had the best circumstances. You mentioned the three Pro Bowlers. I kind of tried to take a shot at it, but back at that time, damn, at least two of those three were legit appearances. I mean, that twenty was that the 2017 year or the 2016 year where he was in the MVP conversation until he broke his leg? It was pretty damn good football. 2016. Yeah, there yep. was some clutch moments late in games. I mean, he did some things back then where you went, whoa, like maybe we got a superstar kind of coming along here, and then it kind of plateaued for a little while, but we're seeing it pick up, and – uh, I think he's too easily disrespected a little bit because, yeah, he's a little over-exaggerator like you're talking about. And then the Raiders haven't done the best job of, like, making sure everybody knows he's the man. 
So then he gets well he gets, because John Gruden's the man. Yeah, That's the thing. John well, Gruden's yeah. the face of the franchise. Right. Maybe the quarterback should be, but it's been Gruden, Gruden, Gruden the last three years. And Carr, you know what, what's what's Carr's option when you're dealing with a force of nature personality like John Gruden. What are you really going to do? That's right. And, and maybe that's line. why at the end of the day, Gruden hasn't – I don't want to psychoanalyze him in the same segment we psychoanalyzed Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Gruden doesn't want to surrender face of the franchise to a badass top-end quarterback. He wants to want a top-end quarterback, but he doesn't want that guy to supplant him as the face of the Raiders franchise. I, um, I you know, I don't think that's crazy. I've, I've definitely had the thought in my life before where I went – I don't know if John Gruden really wants Brett Favre or Peyton Manning because then if things don't go well, we're going to look at his offense. Have I, have I thought that before? You know me. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Of course I have. So, yes, that thought has crossed my mind. Uh, in my heart of hearts, I don't know if I really believe that, but it has crossed my mind, certainly. It's easy to blame the quarterback when you believe that there's a better quarterback out there that would run the offense better. But, right, if you get that better quarterback and it still sputters, it ain't the quarterback. Right, right. It's the offense. Yeah. Let's take a break. When we return, is it the quarterback? Is it the offense? What's going on in Pittsburgh, and what are they doing to make that offense better? We'll discuss that when this Wednesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Whatever job you need to do out there, Grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben. We're going to do what Ben wants to do and how Ben wants to do it. Our job is putting every player in position to make plays. So there are changes with um, terminology, how we're calling things, which has been an adjustment for Ben, and he's been great and and, and really learning it, doing really well with it. And I think he, you know, has has adapted easily. It's like we all know that he would. But, you know, the answer to your question, that is our job. Matchups are how you win football games. Ben starts with the quarterback. What does he do well? What does he like? What does he see? What, you know, what is good to his eye in the passing game? And then we build off that. Matt Canada, the new offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Randy Fickner out. 
Matt Canada in with some pretty clear directives on what he needs to do, or it will be blame Canada. Are you familiar yeah, with that? I, yeah, I am. Does I that, am familiar that with that. Yeah, no, okay. you're not an old timer for that. That's that's South Park. Is that South Park? Is that what that was the Canada? movie? Oh, that's that a, was the movie. No, not Team America: World Police. It was the South Park movie. I thought bigger, so. louder, and uncut. Right. They actually, well, there's shows I, I always call from. Yeah, I recall. The Academy Awards, the year after that movie came out, yeah. they did a whole Blame Canada production with Robin Williams, I think. Check it out on YouTube, kids, but not now. Wait until the show's over. But I think Robin Williams sang Blame Canada with, like, you know, thousands of performers to open or some at some point during the Oscars. Vaguely so I vaguely deal. remember. I'll check that out, old timer, okay? I'll check it out. No That's problem. not that long I know, ago. I know, That's I'm in joking. the last 20 years. It was. I remember it, so I can't say it's that old. Yes, I remember it. So, uh... Canada said, among other things, yesterday that Mr. Rooney and look in 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 kind of a low key but not really way. Art Rooney runs that freaking team. He 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 calls the shots, baby. If somebody's getting fired, he's making the decision. Defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. That's him. that's R- Rooney's the man. Rooney's the man in the draft room. They made that clear before the draft this year. Art Rooney runs that team, and Art Rooney told Matt Canada, clear directive, we have to be able to run the ball this year. And as Jerome Bettis told Ed Bouchette last season, I've mentioned it several times because it rung true with me, it's a commitment that has to begin as early as possible. Definitely. And it has to be adhered to all year long. You can't deviate. You can't waver. You can't have a quarterback who's changing out the play because he wants to throw a four-yard pass. You've got to establish yourself as brutes. You can't have those guys going backward. Even that on that play, what kind of blocking is that? Oh. I know it's a draw play, yeah. but you want to see the guys firing off the ball. You don't want to see them going back. You want to see them going forward. It's a fund- fundamentally different skill set. You want guys bashing the opposing player in the face with a legal hit, of course. Yeah. But you want to you want to see overpowering with brute physical force. Yeah. No, you don't see any of that. I mean, you look at the clips we show here. There's free people every time. There's missed blocks. There's no movement on the line of scrimmage. None of the clips we just showed. What four running plays in a row? We never saw the defense go backward in any of them. And you know, to what you said, you're exactly right. It is an attitude that starts really as early as possible, but mainly it's going to start in training camp. And any team that I was ever on that was a good running football team, that's really what it was about. It was like, hey, that first day at training camp, you know, yeah, we're not in pads, but we're going to have, this is going to be our bread and butter, these running plays. We're going to be good at these five running plays. That's what we know. And it starts there. And then that first day you put on the pads, you start to realize like, whoa, there's a real emphasis. We've run 96 power king, you know, six out of 15 plays in a team period. And, you know, the other nine plays out of those, five of them were runs. So, yes, it is about that attitude. And they lost their way last year with attitude, you know, always being in pass sets. It's hard to create that when you're like this 50 times a game and you're never really firing off or getting to assert yourself that way. So that's where it starts. Mr. Rooney... Hey, it's the family business. He knows what wins football games. He sees that damn defense he's got, right, Mike? And that's where it makes no sense with the way they played last year. You know, you you talk about, you know, team football, complimentary football. For that defense they have there, it makes no sense to be a high-octane, we're going to throw the ball 50 times a game type of, type of offense. And 
of all years, the offensive line seems experimental at best yeah. this year, especially with Marquise Pouncey retired, new center. How big of a deal is that, though, when, you, when, you're, when you're trying to improve on the stuff that we saw in those clips of some bad blocking and some lack of commitment to the run? How much harder is it to do that? when you're going through these changes and it's not just Marquise Pouncey Matt Filer's gone he went to the Chargers Alejandro Villanueva he was a free agent they showed no interest in bringing him back but Pouncey's the key here uh what's the biggest challenge when you've got a quarterback who's pushing 40 who's got to deal with his first new center in over a decade well I I think the first thing is like you know continuity is the biggest thing so yeah it's going to be new guys but like we saw last year, I think one of the huge things that hurt them is, is of course, the injuries. It was a big part of it. You know, the fact that they kind of had to move around people and do that type of stuff, I think that was a little bit of why they morphed into this, like, wait, this guy's not used to pulling or blocking down and doing this and doing some of these run game things, so let's just err on, hey, let's pass and let Ben figure it out. I think that was the start of it. So that would be the big thing to me is just the continuity between the five and, yeah, you got a little bit of some unproven commodities on their roster to a degree. Does the rookie they drafted, you know, from Illinois in the third or fourth round, does he play and do that? He's certainly NFL ready. Uh, but to me, that's really where it stands. Again, is just getting that base of attitude. Here's our core plays. And let's find the right mix of the five to where everybody, it's our best five, and they're all playing in a position they're comfortable, and then you can really build something off a run game, and you can start to run plays where you go, the defense knows what we're running, and they still can't stop it. And that's the good running teams I've been been a part of. Yeah, Kendrick Green, one of the options. Right. B.J. Finney, J.C. Hassenauer, and also floating around on the depth chart for the Steelers. But they got to get that figured out. And and they're they're hoping, they're projecting, they're, they're choosing – to view the glass as half full, but it may end up being half empty. And if that offensive line doesn't get it done, now maybe Najee Harris is good enough that he's going to get his yards even without blocking, but it's not like he did it without blocking at Alabama. No, no, but he is a between-the-tackles runner. He can make people miss in short areas and do that, and he has real size. Like, you know, he was a tough eval for me. He was not my favorite because, I, yeah, I guess lack of speed and things like that concerned me. Um, but, you know, uh, the Steelers' attitude, something they like, and he does bring a physical element to their team to what we're talking about, to where they're listening to Mr. Rooney. And, you know, to, to everything you're saying, too, with, like, you know, the glass-half-full approach and all those things, I think they look at it like we've talked about a lot, that – if they can do some of those things, Big Ben will look a lot better than what he was towards the end of last year, too, because it'll take some pressure off of him. All right, let's take a break. When we return, another day, another star defensive back away from mandatory minicamp as he tries to get paid. This absence, though, technically excused. I got a theory about that. I'll share it with you when PFT Live continues right after this. Letting everybody know we're still friends, you know. Hey, 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 hey. Just messing there you with you. Go. Get out of here. You had your press conference. <laughs> I like John Schneider slipping in that was there. Good. 
after Russell Wilson with the very genuine. We're all friends. All three of us. We're, we're all, all friends. friends. We're all friends. Yeah. We're, we're friends until the season ends. <laughs> right. Did I then throw we're for reevaluate? Did I throw for forty five hundred <laughs> yards and forty five touchdowns? And did we win playoff games? Are we still friends? <laughs> yeah, I know that's how it goes. Am, down. am I being given a new car? I will never drive as MVP of the Super Bowl. If that's the case, then yes, friend, you can have that car. Uh, look, I, and I don't, I don't fault them. I just, that's that's really great, great picture. It's really <laughs> <laughs> just awesome. Big time goatee but, but going. Look. They've all decided they're going to try to make it work. And they're, they're, and it, it either will work or it won't. And it's easy to be loose and, and happy about it now. I respect it. It changes. Yeah. It changes yeah. when you start losing football games and that offense with Shane Waldron isn't as effective as it <laughs> needed to be. So, uh, look, okay, Russell Wilson's there. That's good. Guy they gave up two first-round picks to acquire from the Jets last year isn't present. It was initially reported and presented as a holdout. Pete Carroll later explained that Jamal Adams' absence is excused. We'll talk more about that in a second. For now, let's hear some of what Carroll had to say yesterday about the fact that Jamal Adams is not present at the mandatory minicamp. With Jamal, is there anything you can tell us about the state of the contract talks with Jamal? Not really. Really, it's been ongoing and and, uh, it's been amicable throughout um you know we we recognize that he's a fantastic football player and 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 we're in the midst of a you know it's a big contract um process um but he's been i know he knows he's been treated with a lot of respect and and he's been very respectful towards the club as well uh been they've been good talks and and uh just hasn't been able to get settled at this point but um it's coming we expect we expect him for camp and everything should be fine yeah you know here's why it's coming because they did the trade without getting a deal done. Yeah. I don't know when this became an acceptable trend in the NFL. Well, I know when I, it's not acceptable in my view. Don't ask me. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But I know this. If I'm going to give up multiple first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil or for Jalen Ramsey or for Jamal Adams, you, you – trying not to curse here – you bet your ass I'm good. I get that. That's acceptable. You bet your ass I'm getting him signed yeah. to a new contract on the way through the door. What the hell are these people thinking? What What was Bill O'Brien thinking? What was Les Snead and Sean McVay thinking? What were John Schneider and Pete Carroll thinking? You're going to do this trade and not get him signed? You give him all the power, all the leverage, because you have to sign him now. He's your he, he's your two, not your one first round pick like the Cowboys with Amari Cooper and they were over a barrel with him and paid him 20 million a year. You give up two first round picks for this guy. Of course you're going to give him what he wants. You've given him all the power and uh I I don't, I don't get it and I hope it doesn't continue just because it's happened three times because it makes no sense to me one time. Well, I I know, but it, it, in my, I think it's going to continue to happen with these cal- these type of players, these caliber players. We're talking about like the cream of the crop. I mean, it's it's the best players in the game to where I think, you know, a lot of these teams are yeah, it does seem crazy. I'm with you, but it seems to all work out in the end for both sides to where they never seem to be like really disappointed and I think like for more times than not the teams know what they're getting into and are just willing to like do it and kind of buy their time figure out their team figure out you know the salary cap and what needs to be done and okay now it's finally like the time we got to do it let's all right we got our ducks in a row let's try to figure it out now I mean you're right Jamal Adams has tremendous leverage here in this situation because of the trade 
because of the defensive scheme they run, like we've talked about, he is Cam Chancellor of that scheme, except he's more talented than Cam Chancellor, and I don't say that lightly because I think Cam Chancellor is the freaking man, one of the most underrated safeties in the history of football for my money. But, like, Jamal Adams, as you heard myself or Rodney say last year, he's a Hall of Fame caliber talent. You know, no matter what, and last year wasn't his best year, you know, he he missed, messed up, and I think he'd be the first one to tell you that, learning the new scheme and all that. I think both of us can sit here with a straight face and go, if we had a draft of the 10 best defensive players in football, Jamal Adams is definitely going in the ten, the top 10, I think. I mean, maybe, maybe top five, but definitely top 10, at least in my opinion. And that's why I just think it all gets done and, and they know how valuable he is. Jalen Ramsey got $20 million a year when he finally did his contract. Larry Tunsil got $22 million a year. Both guys blew the curve yeah. and set new high watermarks at their positions. It's easier to do that when you have that leverage. Because think about it. When you're dealing with a guy who is unhappy and wants out, and, and I don't know that this applied to Tunsil as much as it applied to Ramsey and Adams. It definitely applies to Ramsey and Adams. These guys wanted out of where they were. Yeah. That's the time to get them to agree to more favorable contract. That's term. true. Not once they've settled in and yeah. accepted the fact, hey, you've given up the farm to get me. Now now you you can't you can't let me leave. You'll look like idiots if you give up two first round picks and then and you have to franchise tag me or I eventually walk away. So you get the guy to take the deal you want him to take as a condition of getting the trade done, and you're more likely to get a, a deal that that works for you over the long haul. And yeah. Chris, as it relates to the notion that Jamal Adams is excused right. from minicamp, uh, the Seahawks know they got to tread lightly with his guy. Right? He's he's feisty. He's fiery. They right. they dealt with that with the Jets. It's one of the reasons why they traded him. Great player. We can't handle him. Right? We don't know how to handle him. Nothing makes the guy happy. So I, I think that Carroll doesn't want to be in the same spot the Jets were. When you, you've broken the relationship and the guy just wants out. Yeah. And, and that's the risk you take. When you give up two first-round picks to trade for a Jalen Ramsey or a Jamal Adams, guys who made it clear that they were done where they were, you step into the shoes of the team with which those guys decided they were done. And they may be done with you at some point. That's a risk you have to take. You have to. You can't ignore that. And I think the Seahawks, I think the big reason, I think the only reason why his absence is excused is he made it clear he's not doing anything until he gets paid. And they understand the last thing we want to do is antagonize Jamal Adams by making him pay us $93,000 by calling it an, ex an unexcused absence. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, and, and you're right. I mean, they, they roll out the red carpet for guys like this, Jalen Ramsey, Jamal Adams, whatever, DeAndre Hopkins, once they make the trade. I mean, I think they are they know what they've gotten themselves into, certainly. But they believe in the talent, and they've more times than not, I think, done their research on the personality a little bit to go, wait, we think we can make this work and do that. But, like, both those teams, like the Rams and Seahawks, when they made those trades, were not necessarily in, like, the best salary cap situation. So that's where they got to buy their time, too. That's what happens when you have a team that's, a, you know, full of high-end talent. Um so, yeah, they're going to tread lightly. But we know by the way the year ended last year and some of those press conferences and, hey, Jamal Adams was playing hurt with a hurt shoulder on that contract. He certainly could have sat out and gone, nah, it hurts. I didn't get a new contract. It still hurts. He could have done that. 
you know, but he gave us press conferences where I'm in the playoffs. I love this. This is amazing. We're winning. I mean, I don't think he could be happier with the cult culture he's in. He just got to get paid. And I understand that because we've talked about this. His dad was a, a star and got hurt and never got paid. So he's scarred by that. And then the last thing is just like, we, we showed the graphic there. Come on. He's not even the top paid safety on his own team. Quandre Diggs is making more money than him. And there's a lot of people above him that are not in his class that he's going, okay, it's time. I got to get paid. I play this game like a psycho. I throw my body around. I'm better than Justin Simmons and Buda Baker. And that's no disrespect to them because they're awesome. But he's better. And I would think that he gets a significant bump from what Justin Simmons' 15-2-5 deal is. I'm thinking Jamal gets like 17, something like that, and kind of does semi-blow the doors off the market like you're talking about, Mike. Well, look, he's going to get what he wants yeah. because yeah. they signed on the dotted line when they traded for him, and they get the whole package. And this guy's fire and intensity spills over beyond the field, and you got to know how to manage him. And Pete Carroll has managed a lot of difficult personalities over yes, the years, has. and I'm not selling short his ability to do so. He proved yesterday that he knows how to do it by downplaying everything, and they're not going to fine Jamal Adams. They're going to let him not be there. At one point, Carroll said, well, you know, he was injured anyway. It's not like he could do anything, but he can still be there. He can still be there with his teammates, but he's not there because I think he's made it clear he ain't showing up for anything until he gets that $17 million or more per year. Let's take a break. Speaking of 17, number 17 on the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. And number 16 coming up. You can count. See if Chris Good loves job. him or loves him not. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Is that a tease? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 